This episode of the Locked On Sabres podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is the Locked On Sabres podcast, the Wednesday edition of the show. Feels like a Tuesday. I was going through all of yesterday thinking it was Tuesday. It is Wednesday, which means the NHL draft lottery is tonight. We're going to preview the lottery, the odds, the prospects, what's on the line. Also, I got to take on the 2022 draft, an, an idea for the 2022 season that I'm not sure I want to go all the way through with yet, but I'll propose it to you uh, today on the podcast. Joe DiBiase flying solo. Jordan Hanskin, actually, he'll be coming up to Buffalo. He lives in Carolina during the year. He comes up during the summer, and uh, he'll be in Buffalo, I think, on Friday. So he'll be a more regular member of the show as we progress through the summer. I'm happy about that. This is dry season. For the Sabres, we'll get the lottery tonight. This is good. This is content, things that we could talk about, the prospects, uh, where the Sabres will pick, where we want them to pick. It doesn't have to be first overall, I think, for this lottery. I'll get to that in a second, too. But after today, after this week, I mean, you've got a month and a half, two months with not much going on. So uh, good to have Jordan back on the show after uh, after the next couple of days. He will join us throughout the next couple of days, too. I think even tonight. Um, we're going to record after the lottery is over. The lottery will take place at 7 o'clock. The Sabres have the best odds. We'll find out where they are. And then me and Jordan will hop on. We'll record a show. And it'll be ready to go for you on your Thursday morning drive to work, your Thursday morning run, whatever uh, whatever you're listening to us. So be sure to check out our, uh, our last episode with the Jack Eichel trade analysis of the Chicago Blackhawks. Also some talk on the Toronto Maple Leafs and they're losing in the first round for a fifth consecutive year. I want to have an expanded conversation about the idea of trading Jack Eichel for Mitch Marner because I don't think... It has to be that crazy to think that could happen. I know it's division rivals. I know it's Toronto and Buffalo. But it's two teams looking for a major shakeup. So I I will get into that a little bit more when Jordan rejoins me on the show. Um, We'll have plenty of time for for stuff like that. Also, if you want more on the Leafs, I recorded uh, with... Mike DiStefano from Locked On Leafs, yesterday's Locked On NHL podcast. Um, and be sure to subscribe to the Locked On NHL podcast wherever you get your podcast. We went all in on the Leafs' first-round exit to the Montreal Canadiens on yesterday's show. So if you want more expanded thoughts, go check out Locked On NHL. So, tonight, 7 o'clock, the NHL Draft Lottery, the Sabres Lottery Odds. Start with them. 16.6% chance to pick first overall, a 15% chance to pick second, and then a 68.4% chance to pick third. The Sabres cannot fall further than the third overall pick. This is the first year with some of those lottery changes, so they will only be drawing the first and the second pick. Typically, they've drawn the first three picks. This year, it will just be the first two picks. Now, another rule change that will come into effect but is not yet this season is winning the lottery, meaning you can't win again for five years. So the Sabres could win the lottery tonight, and they could win the lottery next year. And that's important, and I will tell you why uh, in in a matter of minutes. 
um, to why they should want to pick first overall in the 2022 draft also. Um, but tonight, they could pick first. Next year, they could pick first. That rule is not in place just yet. So, more likely than not, the Sabres will pick third in this draft. And I don't think that has to be a bad thing. In fact, I think it could be a good thing. Because the guy that is becoming... I think as we get closer to the draft, you see more of a consensus. I've said before that I've seen six, seven different prospects that have been ranked as the first overall guy. Owen Power from Michigan, Matthew Beneers from Michigan, Simon Edvinson from Frölunda in Sweden, Luke Hughes, who was committed to Michigan. I've seen William Eklund, another Swedish forward who has been ranked first overall. Um, I've even seen uh, uh, Kent Johnson, I think, the other center from Michigan, ranked first overall. Everybody's kind of got their guy in this draft. It reminds me a lot of the 2014 NHL draft where the Sabres picked Sam Reinhart second overall. That one even is a little bit different than this because at least you had... Aaron Ekblad, number one. Everyone pretty much knew Aaron Ekblad was number one. But then after that, it was, you know, a lot of people had Bennett, number two. A lot of people had Reinhardt, number two. A lot of people had Dreisaitl, number two. And this year kind of reminds me of that. Everybody picks their guy, everybody's got their guy, and then you're just riding with him. And there really is no overall consensus. And that is the feeling that you get when listening to uh, analysis of Owen Power going first overall. And I kind of don't want the Sabres to, to pick first. I don't want them to be tempted by Owen Power. He scares me as a prospect. He is, he's got all the physical tools. He is six foot five. He is a good skater. He's got a booming shot. You know, he's got, he's got good skills all around. He, he seems to be, he reads like a poor man's Victor Hedman. I think the absolute best Owen Power could do is he would be Victor Hedman, and that would be worth it. That is a Norris Trophy defenseman who is elite year after year and is a top five defenseman every single season in the NHL. But I don't think the odds of him reaching that ceiling are all that high. I think better comparisons for Power, really what the the low end for Power could be, would scare me off of him. Because... We've seen prospects like Owen Power come through, and he reminds me of prospects. He reminds me as a prospect a lot like Rasmus Ristolainen and Seth Jones, and even another guy who went really high in the NHL draft. He was fourth overall once upon a time, Zach Bogosian. Zach Bogosian was the fourth overall pick, third overall pick in 2008 by the Atlanta Thrashers. Why? Because. He was big, six foot three, two hundred pounds. This big frame, hulking frame, physical defenseman, and he could move. He can skate. We know it. We saw Bogosian here for plenty of years. Zach Bogosian could skate, and he had the big shot. So that you look at that on the ice and think, all right, this is a top pair, big defenseman that's going to be in our organization for a long time and could be a Victor Hedvind level player. And look at what the low end is. The low end for that player to me is Zach Bogosian, a guy, and Ristolainen and Seth Jones too. What do all these players have in common? The GMs, the coaches, they fall in love with them because of the style of hockey they play. But in reality, they are 
giving you a negative impact on the ice when you are playing them in a top pair role. That happens in Columbus with Seth Jones. That has happened for a decade in Buffalo with Ristolainen. And that has happened to Bogosian wherever he has been. You can't play them as top pair defensemen or they will get run over. Yes, they'll be hard to play against. And they'll make you pay in the corners. But can they get the puck out of their own end? Can they carry the puck out of their own end? Can they carry the puck into the offensive end? Can they hit tape-to-tape passes on a consistent basis? These are the skills you need to have, I think, to be worthy of picking or going first overall if you are a defenseman. And I question whether Owen Power has the ability to do that at the NHL level. So I don't want the Sabres to pick first overall because I don't want them to be tempted to take him. I don't want them to be take, tempted to take him. And there are other prospects that are risers right now. And I think Matthew Beneers has got to be the guy for that. Because all year long it has been, well, this year you don't really want to pick at the top. And it's all defensemen, right? It was Owen Power from Michigan, Simon Edvidson from Forlunda, Luke Hughes, defenseman from the USA program, uh, Brant Clark from Barry. Like you had all defensemen right at the top of the draft. And here comes Matthew Beneers. To save the day, center prospect from Michigan. He's a, you know, not a big guy, but he's not small either. Six foot one, um, but shifty, skilled centerman, offense, you know, the forward position right down the middle. Exactly what the Sabres should want. Exactly what any team I think that's picking first overall should want. I think Benier should go first, but I question whether he will because of someone's going to fall in love with Owen Power, and I hope it's not the Sabres. So if you told me today that Kevin Adams has Matthew Beneers first on his board, then I want the Sabres to win the lottery. But if he has him second behind Owen Power, well, I want them to finish second. If he has Beneers third behind Power and Edvinson, then I want them to pick third. The only defenseman that... Because I think Edvinson is kind of reads like Power as well. Same thing. Big frame, six foot four defenseman, smooth skater, but not overly dynamic. You know, uh, physical traits is kind of what you get with Edmondson. So, too similar to Power. Hughes, Luke Hughes, and maybe I'm just getting sucked into who his brothers are because I, I've watched some on Luke Hughes and I've read some on Luke Hughes, but I'm not a guy that's watching him day in and day out. I'm not a guy that's sitting back watching hours of film on Luke Hughes. So maybe part of me is getting sucked into what his brothers are, because what are Quinn Hughes and Jack Hughes? Jack Hughes of the Devils, Quinn Hughes of the, the Canucks. Quinn Hughes, a defenseman also. They are not not small, but they are dynamic. They are electric with their skating. They are fast up and down the ice. They are fast side to side. They can move. And Luke Hughes, I'm not sure, is quite as dynamic as those guys, but... The skating ability, the transition game, the passing ability, Luke Hughes to me strikes me as having a higher ceiling and having more potential to be a real top pair defenseman in the NHL. Not a guy that just gets played 25 minutes a night because he's big. No, Luke Hughes to me has top pair potential because of all the traits that you should be looking for in today's defenseman. So... He's probably the riskier of all these picks. In fact, of all these guys today, he's the only one that is not 18 years old. Among, I'm looking at Tankathon right now, just that I have that open because of their lottery odds. And they do a mock draft too, so that when you run the lottery, you can see what player you get. And of their top 32 prospects, Hughes is one of two 
that is not yet 18 years old, and he is the youngest of all 32 of those prospects. Under 18 years old. So he's not even at Michigan yet. So he's not going to be a Sabre next season, barring something crazy. He would be going to Michigan. You would see what he looks like in his freshman year. And it's kind of like the middle stat pick a few years ago, eighth overall. Great out of high school. Hughes, the, the difference here is he's playing U18 uh, for the U.S. Uh, National Development Program. But he's going to go to Michigan. And, man, you could be, after one year at Michigan, you could either be at, ooh, that did not go well. And he did not deserve the pick. He did not deserve a top five pick. Or you could be at, wow, best defenseman in the country. You know, the youngest defenseman in college hockey. And he's he's Eichel in his freshman season. Like when Eichel was that good at BU, but it was before his draft status, Hughes could have that season after he's drafted. And then next year at this time, you could be thinking, wow, Hughes, the redraft today, I don't even care these guys haven't played in the league yet. Easy number one overall pick. Hughes, to me, having that higher ceiling and that more uh, multiverse skill set as a defenseman, if it's going to be a defenseman, I want it to be him, but Beniers would still be the guy that uh, that I want the Sabres to get because, you know what, they're, they're pretty good on the blue line, right? They're not amazing, and part of me is intrigued with the idea of, you know what, a top four for the future. We're going to build from the blue line out. We're going to have Dalene, Yoki Haru, Luke Hughes, Jacob Bryson, Will Borgen. Like, that's going to be our core group of defensemen going forward. And it's going to be young. Like, that can really work. That could absolutely work. But if Eichel's going to get traded, if Reinhardt is going to get traded, you'd hope that you get center prospects back in exchange. But I'm terrified to go into the future with just Dylan Cousins and Casey Middlestat down the middle. So, Beneers adding to that, and then hopefully whoever you would get back for Eichel uh, or Reinhardt, to me would uh, would make me feel, and I think a lot of Sabre fans and the Sabres feel a lot more comfortable with their center depth going into the future. Beniers, by the way, point-a-game player at Michigan this past season. 24 points in 24 games. That's very impressive at the NCAA level, which is typically more defensive than you find in, uh, in junior hockey. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront Wealthfront instead. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or where you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started, grow your wealth the easy way, and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. 
RockAuto.com, a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate, quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. A word for Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but you got the NBA, college hoops, the NHL, all in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. For these Sabre games, you could bet on the exact amount of which either the Sabres or their opponent will win by. So if you think the Sabres are going to win by exactly two, you can find odds for the Sabres winning by exactly two. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. The best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag is the site. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Remember to use the promo code Locked on. So, the tank take that I've got. Heard Craig Reve on the Instigators this morning. Wednesday morning, Craig Reve, he is throwing out a bunch of ideas that he thinks the Sabres should do. And you know what? They're a little wild, but good. You know what? It's interesting radio. I can appreciate when those guys can, uh, can kind of go, not go off the rails like that, but kind of be bold. And Craig said that the Sabres should swap their first-round pick this season the best lottery odds pick, with Seattle's first-round pick next season. Craig is banking on Seattle, uh, Vegas being an anomaly, that the Kraken will come in, and like most expansion teams throughout history, and unlike the Golden Knights, they will be one of the worst teams in hockey. So, you're trading a high pick this year, the Sabres' own pick, a top-three pick, in a bad draft class for a first-round pick that could be a top-three pick next year in a much better draft class, and I'll get to that in a second. So that's idea one. Idea two is trading Jack Eichel to the Anaheim Ducks, who we've talked about here on this podcast. In fact, you can check out last week's episode analyzing them as a trade partner. They should not be in the Jack Eichel trade market because they are bad, but they think they can take one last run at, at the Stanley Cup, that they can take one last run at contention. So they don't know that. So his... Craig's idea is trade Eichel to Anaheim for like Trevor Zegras, Jamie Drysdale, and a first-round pick next year. So now I have two bad teams' first-round picks for next season, and I have my own first-round pick for next year, and let's be honest, the Sabres are going to be awful next season, barring something miraculous. Of course, it could happen. They're probably going to be downright awful in 2022. So I've got three picks that could all conceivably be in the top five. Three high lottery picks 
And go on top of that, and like Rob Ray was on the show too, and he threw in, hey, go get Vancouver's first round pick for Sam Reinhart next season, and go get uh, go get Columbus's first round pick next year for Rasmus Ristolainen. Just pile up the first round picks in 2022. And all of this was because of Shane Wright. First overall pick to be next year. At least most think he's going to be the first round, first overall pick. Although, man, there are a lot of guys. There are a lot of guys. Because for next year, um, I mean, four guys at the top might be better prospects than the number one guy this year. So just pile up the first round picks next season to get Shane Wright, who got exceptional status to play in the OHL the same way Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby did. I'm not saying he's going to be McDavid or Crosby, but a year out, Shane Wright sounds like one of these generational players that we were talking up a year out, like McDavid, like Crosby, like Eichel, like Austin Matthews. He sounds like he's going to be that level of player. And if he is that level of player, then you would want to try every way you can to get him if you're going to be bad anyway. He plays for Kingston, by the way, the front necks of the OHL. So, I'm not sure I want to go all the way through with this right now, but I'm ready to embrace the tank a little bit again in 2022, the sequel. The Tank 2, 2.0. There's not much to be gained from next season. Now, the, the problem with campaigning for the Sabres to tank in 2022 versus 2015. Even though there might be two or three guys in this upcoming draft next year like there were six years ago. The problem is you've already got the core members of your team in place. Back then, the Sabres really had a lot of their star-level prospects away from the team. Sam Reinhart was playing out west for Kootenai in the WHL. Uh, Giergensens was really the only guy that was here. Even Grigorenko, who was still a prospect at the time, was playing down in Rochester. Um, the prospect goaltenders were playing down in Rochester. You had filled your team with kind of journeyman veteran types. You know, your Zach Dalpies, your Andre Benoit, your Andre Mazaros, your who? Uh, Michael Neuvrath, Jonas Enroth. This team that the Sabres will put on the ice next year is going to be young, and it is filled with players that are important to the cause. Dylan Cousins is going to be here. Middlestat, Darlene, Yoki Haru, and and even the other defensemen, Borgen and, and Bryson, Tage Thompson. I don't think you could just go all out tank next season. So while maybe in the back of my mind, I'll be rooting for the Sabres to finish last next season while also seeing these young players progress. I don't, you, it's not going to look like what it did six years ago in, in any way, even if they, even if there's something, some tank elements to their season, it won't be a full tank effort like six years ago. Um, to get Shane right, because you just have too many of the young players on your team uh, for next season. But just a name to keep in mind, Shane Wright from Kingston. He got exceptional status to play in the OHL last season. And not only did he get exceptional status to play in the OHL as a 15-year-old, he lit it up. He lit it up. He had 39 goals and 27 assists, 66 points in 58 games. Over a point a game player as the youngest player in the league. Now, for comparison, 
to Connor McDavid, who I'll use here instead of Sidney Crosby or Matthews or Eichel, because McDavid, unlike those others, played in the OHL, which is where Shane Wright is playing. In his first year with the Erie Otters, 66 points in 63 games. So Shane Wright actually had a higher points per game mark. Now, I don't think Wright will be McDavid because McDavid's skating ability and his hands were just on another level. They're on another planet. And Shane Wright, while looking elite at those traits, does not look like he's the best ever at skating or the best ever at stick handling, the same way that McDavid did. So not saying he's going to be Connor McDavid, but he, I think he's trending towards Eichel, Matthews, like that level of player. Um, and I like the idea of just let's pile up the first-round picks next year and let's go all in on Shane Wright. So just wanted to throw that out there. We'll talk more about where the Sabres end up in this draft lottery after tonight. So enjoy it. 7 o'clock is when it gets going. I don't know whether it's going to be like last year where they pick the lottery balls out of the machine right in front of the cameras. Um, I wonder if this year they will not do that that way because of the Arizona Coyotes. The Coyotes forfeited their first-round pick due to scouting violations. They have the 11th best odds at 3.1%, and then they also have a 3.3% chance to pick second. But the rules state, if Arizona is selected in the top two, there will be a redraw. Now, they don't go any further than that. They don't say that there will be a redraw of the entire lottery. So if the Blue Jackets, for instance, win the first overall pick and then the Coyotes win the second... Do they redraw the whole thing, or do they just redraw the Coyotes? If the Devils win the second pick, and the Coyotes win the first pick, do they redraw both, or do they just redraw the first pick? That is unanswered, and I think maybe they'll do it behind closed doors to kind of avoid confusion on that. But I don't know. I think it could make for some really intriguing and some some crazy drama if the Coyotes were to win the lottery, and then they have to redo it. So just a thought there. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back after tonight's lottery. So until then, thanks for listening here on the Lockdown Savers podcast with Joe DiBiase, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.